0: There's a man by the name of James Cone. Is anybody familiar with the name James Cone? Nobody. All right. James Cone is known as being the father of black liberation theology. James Cone. He wrote a fantastic book. Um, I actually have the book at home. I meant to bring it today to show you. Uh, But it is a book entitled The Cross and the Lynching Tree. The Cross and the Lynching Tree. This is a phenomenal book that I would encourage, again, written by a man named James Cone, I would encourage you to get this book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree. Phenomenal, phenomenal book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree. I was watching a a discourse some time ago by Malcolm X. You know, YouTube uh, gives us a lot of things these days. I wasn't born when Malcolm X was alive or Martin Luther King or any of the rest of them, right? However, YouTube affords me to go on and watch old discourses, old sermons. I'm one who loves to watch uh, old Martin Luther King Jr. sermons, right? And the way he, he orated, man, I just, I just love it. There was a st- stillness and a peace and a power with his voice. But I was watching a discourse uh, by Malcolm X where he's talking about the house Negro and the field Negro, and I got to thinking to myself about this documentary called 13th. Anybody ever seen that documentary 13th on Netflix? All right, a few of you have seen. If you have not seen this documentary entitled 13th, I would advise you to go check it out. Um, basically, it looks at how race, justice, mass in- and mass incarceration intersect in these United States of America. And I also got to thinking about my personal experience, right? My personal experience in what's termed as modern day slavery of the penitentiary where I worked, I worked on something called the whole squad, right? Anybody know what the whole squad is? So the whole squad is where they let you out of the gate, right? And you go and you work in the field, you become a field Negro. And you go work in the field, and there are the CEOs with the shotguns and on their horses and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like a scene from back in the 1800s, right? And so we work in the field all day long picking stuff in the field because that's where we got our vegetables from in the field, right? And we work pretty much for nothing. Now, some may say, well, you broke the law. You deserve to be there. Again, watch this documentary 13th. You will understand more about justice, mass incarceration, and how it all intersects with race in the United States of America. But I also got to thinking about how blacks, it's Black History Month, how blacks have been railroaded and written off in so many ways. So many ways. You'll be surprised or not surprised how many individuals in the penile system, in the prisons, have a wealth of talent. Wealth of talent, a wealth of gifts. Some of us, we may look at these individuals and say, well, you put yourself there, so be it. Some of us may actually take the time to understand the why, right? Trust and believe everybody that's behind the prison walls, either A, doesn't necessarily deserve to be behind the walls. B, some individuals, they seemingly did not have another choice. And third, where was the Seventh-day Adventist church when that 12-year-old young person was out there stealing to feed himself because his mother was on crack and his father was somewhere else? Where was Ypsilanti, Seventh day Adventist Church. It's easy to point the finger. It's easy to point the finger, but when you take some time and look at things and have conversations, you get a bigger picture. I'll tell you about a story. It's about a man named John Hartfield. John Hartfield was from Ellisville, Mississippi. Anybody ever been to Mississippi before? The further you go down in Mississippi, It looks like they're still 200 years ago. (laughs) Yes. The further you go down. John Hartfield was from Ellisville, Mississippi, and was a black man who was unjustly accused of assaulting a white woman in 1919. Because of this accusation, a group of white people decided they would be judge and jury to John Hartfield. He was shot but was kept alive in a doctor's office so that he could publicly be lynched the next day. How do you think you would feel? There's more to the story. But how do you think you would feel being shot, taken to the hospital, and they do nothing to actually help you? They just keep you alive for a few more hours so you can be lynched. Step into the step into those shoes for a minute. His lynching was advertised, talking about John Hartfeld. his lynching was advertised in the Mississippi State Daily News. And the title of the front page stated, John Hartfeld will be lynched by Ellisville mob at five o'clock this afternoon in big, bold letters. We're going to hang us a Negro. Ellisville was a small town of about 1,100 people. But by the afternoon, there were roughly 10,000 spectators to witness the lynching of a black man. One. The governor of the state proclaimed that he was powerless to do anything about it. He didn't want to get involved. While John Hartfield was hanging from the noose around his neck, I don't know if any of y'all ever been choked before or had something around your neck before, right? But it's, it's painful. While John Hartfield was hanging from the noose around his neck, swinging from the lynching tree, the mob dismembered parts of his body to keep for souvenirs. That means they were taking off the fingers. They were taking off the hands. They were cutting off the toes. They were cutting off the feet. They were dismembering this individual's body. As he swang on the lynching tree, the crowd randomly shot around 2000 bullets into his hanging body as he struggled to breathe, hanging from the tree, taking his last breath towards his death. One of the bullets finally clipped the rope rope that was around his neck. I was hanging from the tree. One of the bullets finally clipped the rope. He fell to the ground lifeless. And then they burned him on the very spot where he fell, as if the hanging wasn't bad enough, the dismembering wasn't bad enough, the being shot wasn't bad enough, the individuals not helping him wasn't bad enough. Then they had to burn his body. One of the sad facts about this lynching and so many lynchings of blacks in America is that no one was ever held accountable for John Hartfield's death, even to this day. That is the story of so, so many black people that have hung from the lynching trees. I'm going to speak to you from the title, Hanging from a Tree. You see it on the screen right there? Yes, indeed. Hanging from a tree. From 1880 to 1940, it is known as the era of the lynching tree. The lynching tree is the most potent symbol of the trouble that nobody knows that blacks have seen but do not talk about because the pain of remembering visions of black bodies dangling from southern trees surrounded by jeering white mobs is almost too excruciating to recall. Billie Holiday wrote a song, Strange Fruit, which stated southern trees bear a strange fruit, blood on the leaves and blood at the root. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Pastoral scenes of the gallant south, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth, scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh, then the sudden smell of burning flesh. No matter how hard we as a human race try to forget our past, the fact of the matter is that it is still part of our past. Let me give you some facts about the lynching tree to help us remember. Some of us may not realize information about the lynching tree. Now, again, I wasn't around in the 1800s. I gotta read. I don't think any of us were around in the 1800s, right? But some of us have firsthandedly endured the civil rights movement. Some of us have firsthand endured some major injustices in society, but I wanna give you some facts about the lynching tree to help us all remember or see for the first time. From 1877 to 1950, in 12 southern states, there were approximately 3,959 racial lynchings. Doesn't matter whether the individual was guilty or not. Doesn't matter what the individual did or didn't do. If you didn't do, what was liked and or accepted, or simply because the color of your skin meant you could hang on this tree. Lynching was a white community's way of forcibly reminding blacks of their inferiority and their powerlessness. You're nothing as a black person. That's what was, that's what was taught. The lynching tree was the most barbaric form of execution of the utmost cruelty, the absolute opposite of the human value system. Lynching as mob violence and torture directed against blacks began to increase after the Civil War due to many Southern whites being furious at the idea of granting ex-slaves social, political, and economical freedom. There is no way... Many could see how in the world can these individuals be so-called freed and now we have to deal with these individuals as equals. No, couldn't be. And so the lynchings and the violence got worse and worse. There's a juxtaposition or similar with contrasting effect to those that may not understand what a juxtaposition is. There's a juxtaposition between two trees. How many trees did I say? There's a juxtaposition between two trees, one being the lynching tree that thousands of blacks were unjustly hung on. And the second one being the cross of Christ, which was a tree that Jesus was unjustly yet necessarily hung to. These two trees had the same outcome, which was death, yet they brought about differing results. Just juxtaposition. Turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 21 to 23. I didn't send the text in. That way you can go ahead and look for it. Y'all have Galatians. However, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 21 and 23, and then I'll go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, and read that again. Thank you, Michael, for reading that text this morning. Thank you to the Pathfinders as a whole for that good march and, and letting us know how much more money y'all need. Amen, somebody. Let's make sure we help out the pathfinders to get where they need to get to. Deuteronomy 21, 22 to 23. We there? I'm going to read from the New King James Version. If you're there, let me hear you say amen. How you there and you ain't even turned? How you even say amen just now? But he, you looking this way, though. How you come Come on. <laughs> Y'all, y'all know I'm going to come to you. If you fall asleep on me or if you look like you're reading but you ain't reading, I'm going to come to you. Uh, Andrew, pull it up on your phone or something like that. Or Yeah, yeah, figure, figure this thing out real quick. All right, we're there at Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 and 23. New King James Version, I'm going to read it from. And it says this. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death and he is put to death, you hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain overnight on the tree. But you shall surely bury him that day so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. Deuteronomy 21, 22 and 23. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3, 13. While you're turning there, what you may understand, what you may already know, a lot of these types of Bible text were used to justify lynching individuals. A lot of these types of texts were used to justify enslaving black people. We're in Black History Month, so I got I to parenthetically park my car right here with this bit of information for the month of February. So you don't like it, come back in March the 2nd, I believe it is. I don't know what to tell you. It's Black History Month, folks. This year, it's 29 days, guys. It's a leap year. You know, every four years it comes around. All right. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13. It says Christ. Hold on. Let me make sure. Because Shauna tried to play me a second ago. You can see that because that looks real little. You can see that. You need my glasses. You good? All right. Everybody else good? All right. Let's go. Here we go. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13, the cross of Christ is a symbol of death. It is a tree that was designated for the most vilest of criminals that society back then had to offer, usually the condemned man after being whipped and scourge, dragged the from the from his cross to the place of punishment. Now, let me stop right here for a second, because while this individual was whipped, right, this individual was whipped with what was called a cat of nine tails. What's it called? Cat a cat of nine tails. Now, this cat of nine tails was not your regular kind of old belt. You remember when your old grandmother or somebody used to tell you back in the day, boy, go out there and get up a- something to spank you with, right? And you went out there and you tried to find the easiest thing that you could get to get your tail whooped, right? This cat of nine tails was not that simple, right? This cat of nine tails, the way it was designed was it had bone crushed up inside of the the whip as well as it had hooks on the end of the whip. And so what would happen is when that whip would hit your back, it would literally tear skin and flesh all the way down to the bone sometimes even being able to see the spinal cord it would hit and it would rip and hit and whip rip and tear flesh straight off the body and then and then and then the crossbeam was dropped on your back and now it's time for you to carry it to where you needed to go in Jesus case to the hill of Golgotha the place of the skull He will be stripped of his clothing, bound to the beam with outstretched arms or nailed firmly to it. Death ultimately occurred through a combination of constrained blood circulation, organ failure and asphyxiation as the body strained under its own weight. Imagine yourself being hung on a cross and you have to try to lift yourself up a little bit to breathe. But, you know, that's going to be hard. So you're going to fall back down and things are going to tear. And your back is bleeding and the weight of the world is on you. It was a matter, it was a method of torture and death that was used to punish political or religious agitators, pirates, slaves, or those who had no civil rights. Such was the cross of Christ, a symbol of torture and ultimately death. Now, first text that we read shows that death on a tree was permitted if a sin had been committed that was deserving of death. You just read that in the book of Deuteronomy, right? If you had committed a sin, you were deserving of death to hang on a tree, right? As a result of this person being a curse, that's what the Bible just told you, right? You read it. I read it. You saw it. I saw it. And, and, and the second text, the one in Galatians, right? The second text revealed that all those who hang on a tree are cursed. Yeah. you Cursed if you hang on a tree. In our Galatians text, the second one that we read, we have what's called in there substitutional theology. What's it called? Substitutional theology in the Galatians text there is Substitutional theology which simply means that one thing Gets replaced with the other thing remember the text read Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having Become a curse for us that is substitutional theology right Because you couldn't hang on the cross you couldn't hang on the cross I couldn't hang on the cross so there had to be a substitute in place of you and I. Substitutional theology. Substitutional theology, my friends, is pivotal to the gospel message. If you remember in the Bible, in Genesis, where there's fig leaves for skins, that's substitutional theology. You remember in Genesis when Adam and Eve realized, oh snap, I done messed up. Yeah, I put it in my own in, in my own terminology, you paraphrase it how you want to paraphrase or read it just as it is. But 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 they, they realize they are messed up and they were just as nude as they can be. They realize we ain't got nothing on. We in our birthday suits, guys. If you don't know what your birthday suit is, don't worry about it. They realize this. They're looking at themselves and then they say to themselves, you know what? We need to go get us some fig leaves and we need to make ourselves some coverings because we've got to cover those things up. Y'all realize the only reason we wear clothes is because of sin. That's the only reason why we wear all these clothes and we try to fancy ourselves up in different things like that. It is only because of sin that our nasty carcasses need these clothes. That is it. And some of us, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these clothes, right? To clothe our nasty carcasses. But the God of heaven sees beyond what you try to fancy up. He sees beyond all of that, and he sees you for what you really are. And so you have Adam and Eve. They sit here and they try to make these little fig leaf coverings. And, and, and God says those fig leaf coverings are not going to do, here's some skins. And so and so he gives them these skins as a substitute that is substitutional theology. But if you remember in Exodus, Moses, you remember when Moses says when all the saints of God were getting on his nerves. I don't I'm let me tell you all this, Ipsy Seventh-day Adventist church. I ain't where Moses is at yet. Y'all remember when Moses, when all them people was acting a donkey. They was acting plum fools, right? And Moses reaches down in his gut somewhere, and he says, "Lord, blot me out of existence." But man, you tripping, Moses? Ipsy, I'm sorry to tell you, I ain't there yet. Maybe when y'all start having some more sun around this community, I'll feel a little better, or something like that. But it's cloudy, and I ain't at that point yet. Is that all right? That's all right with me. Amen. But in Exodus, when Moses says, take me instead of the children of Israel, that is substitutional theology. Me for you. Also in Leviticus, the lamb for the sinner. You remember when you messed up, you had, can I touch your head real quick? All right. When you had to, when you had to place your hand on the lamb's head, right? And you had to confess your sins over the lamb's head, all the mess that you did and you did and that I did, right? And then what did you have to do next? You then had to take the knife and you had to slice the lamb's throat. Lamb ain't do nothing. You did it all. You did the whole sin. You messed up completely. We all messed up. But the lamb had to pay the penalty. That's substitutional theology. Lamb ain't do nothing wrong. You did it. That's substitutional theology. But also in the Bible, you see in Genesis where the ram is in place of Isaac. You remember when Isaac is about to be sacrificed and he's coming. Abraham is coming down with the knife and the angel says, hold up. Don't do it. And then Abraham looks and there's a ram caught in the thicket. His head is caught right there in the thicket, right? That, my friends, is substitutional theology. In place of Isaac, this ram would be the substitute. But also in the Gospels, Jesus on the cross in place of humanity, that is substitutional theology. See, your death on the cross, my friends, you and me dying on the cross would never lead to the saving of the human race. The substitute had to be Jesus and him alone. We could have hung on the cross all day long, all day long, and it would not substitute. It would not substitute. It had to be Jesus. Galatians 3.13 introduces Jesus becoming a curse for all of humanity, not just for the Seventh-day Adventist Christians that we think we're better than the other denominations out there, right? Because uh, let me stop right here for one second. Some of us tend to think of a couple of things, right? You know, one of those things are some of us tend to think that it's only going to be Seventh-day Adventist in heaven, I pray that it's none of us that are not in the kingdom of God. But I need you to understand that heaven is going to be filled with a lot of individuals. You may not be there. I may not be there. Right. Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord. Hold up now. Think about that. Who's the one saying, Lord, Lord, ain't it the Christians? It's the Christians that are saying the atheists ain't out there saying, Lord, Lord. People that don't want nothing to do with God, they're not out there saying, Lord, Lord. It's those of us that believe in God, that come here uh, uh, to church every single Sabbath, that look like we've been sucking on lemons, like Jesus ain't did nothing for us every single day of our lives. It is those that not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. I need y'all to let that sink in your head because sometimes Seventh-day Adventists, we feel because we have the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. We feel we, we, because we have the truth that we have an automatic shoot-in to the kingdom of God. But I'm sorry to let you know it don't work like that, folks. It don't work like that. And I know my sentences be all out of structural order. I don't care. It just don't work like that. Those who have a relationship with Jesus, those who have accepted what he has done for us on the cross, who have accepted that substitutional theology, those are the individuals that when Christ cracks the cloud, we'll hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. So Galatians 3.13, it introduces us. To Jesus becoming a curse for all of humanity based upon the Old Testament telling us that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus in the middle between the two thieves, murderers. He's become a literal curse so that you and I might have salvation. Christ hanging provided the ultimate substitution for humanity in that the curse that was connected to the death on a tree. He took to himself so that you and I not need hang from a tree eternally. Could you imagine? Could you imagine dangling from a lynching tree for the rest of your life? Dangling from a lynching tree, your body just swinging. Swinging eyes bulging out, hanging from a lynching tree. These these two juxtapositions, right, the lynching tree of African Americans and the lynching tree of Jesus stand as two trees that have felt the blood of many innocents trickle down into the dust of the ground. Yet the lynching tree of Jesus vindicates the lynching tree of Jesus. It vindicates all of humanity from the lynching trees of injustice. Lynching still happens today, though, my friends. Yeah, it does. Lynching still happens today. Even if it has taken on differing forms, lynching still happens today. Billie Holiday wrote the song Southern Trees Bear a Strange Fruit blood on the leaves and blood at the root, black bodies swinging in the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees, pastoral scenes of the gallant south, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth, scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh, then the sudden smell of burning flesh, modern day lynching still happens today, Oscar Grant III. He was a 22-year-old African-American man who was stopped by transit police and killed with a service pistol wielded by an officer. Modern-day lynching, my friends. You have Trayvon Martin. Did y'all forget Trayvon Martin? Y'all still remember Trayvon Martin, right? Trayvon Martin, nearly 14 years ago, this month, this very month, was gunned down by George Zimmerman in Florida. Modern-day lynching. It may have taken different forms, but it is still present and active even. Even to this day George Floyd y'all remember George Floyd right I remember, I know we all remember seeing George Floyd on 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 the news see George Floyd who was killed by an ex-police officer with his knee on his neck preventing him from being able to breathe modern day lynching folks how about Ahmaud Arbery y'all remember Ahmaud Arbery Amart Arbery, right, was lynched when he was gunned down while jogging in Glen County, Georgia. The man woke up and went for a run, not knowing today he was going to be lynched by a gun. Modern day lynching still exists, even though it has taken on different forms. Back in 2011, James Craig Anderson experienced modern day lynching when he was dragged to his death in Mississippi. And just 13 years after that, James Byrd of Texas met his fate in the same exact fashion. Modern day lynching. How about Tyree Nichols? Y'all remember Tyree Nichols, who in Memphis, Tennessee, was brutally beaten to death by black officers. Have y'all forgotten? Modern day lynching, Billie Holiday wrote the song. Southern trees bear strange fruit. Blood on the leaves and blood at the root. Black bodies swinging, but now black bodies being gunned down in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Pastoral stings of the gallant south, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. Scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh. Then the sudden smell of burning. Flesh. these lynchings aren't the depraved grandiose expeditions of the late 1800s and early 1900s right when black men were skinned let me stop right there do y'all know what it feels like to be skinned i don't because i ain't never been skinned before but can you imagine being left alive and somebody peeling all of your skin off taking a knife and just carving your skin off of your body simply because of the color of your skin. I'm sorry, guys, it's Black History Month. This is where I have to park. These black men, skin castrated and pregnant women were burned alive before throngs who took pictures and collected body parts as souvenirs. Yet these killings still continue to this day. While these lynchings... Are happening today in various forms, I need you to understand, my friends, that Jesus, the name above all names, that Jesus, that wonderful counselor, that Jesus, that Prince of Peace, that Jesus, who is the Alpha and Omega, that Jesus, who is the Son of Man, he's won the victory on the tree for you and for me and for all of humanity. But here's the introspective rhetorical question that I have for you today. See, I had to pull out a few big words for you guys today. I I tend to like to use just it and the, say, excuse. I tend to like to use just little words. Make it simple. We get all these doctor degrees and just feel we got to talk all fancy. Man, just speak English to me, please. But see, so y'all really believe that I have a doctoral degree, I have to pull out introspective rhetorical. All that means is look within yourself real quick and don't say nothing. That's all that means. Here's the, here's, here's the introspective rhetorical question that I have for you today, right? Here's the question. The question is, what noose is around your neck? What noose is around your neck that Satan is using on you, hanging you from a proverbial lynching tree? Oh, see, we only think about those pastoral scenes in the gallant south. We only think about the Ahmaud alberries. But in this spiritual world, you are being lynched consistently. There is a noose tied around our necks. My noose might be a little bit different than your noose. However, you need to introspectively, rhetorically figure out what noose is around your neck that Satan is hanging you from. What tree does he have you on? What tree is your body swinging and dangling from? What tree are you hanging from while people, these fallen angels, shoot arrows at you? In the gallant Midwest. Perhaps the noose around your neck is the noose of pornography. Maybe that's the noose that's got you. See, 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 I am under the impression that because you're here in church with me today, that you're not perfect. Even though you might be 90 years old, you ain't perfect. Don't think that because you're 90 years old, you ain't somewhere sitting watching pornography. Don't think that. I don't put nothing past nay a human person. Only thing I can really truly trust in is Jesus Christ. Right? But, 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 but that noose. That noose. Maybe it's not pornography. Maybe it's a noose of jealousy. Oh boy. Maybe it's you. 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 jealous? Cause somebody look better than you do. You jealous? Cause somebody dress better than you do. See, that's like me being jealous of bruh man right here. What, what, what's your name again, sir? That's that's like me being jealous of Bill. See, Bill is a fancy looking human being, right? see, see, <laughs> see, 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 see. Bill still has his hair. I do not. I tried growing my hair a year ago, and it was missing all of this top middle piece. So it was just going, man, that just made sweat drop all from my head. See, if I had hair, if I had hair, I would not have that problem. But Bill is a fancy looking individual, right? Bill's got his three piece suit on. He's he's got his leg up, right? And and, and see, he's got, I can't even properly do it, right? Without falling over. Bill, Bill just sitting there chilling, looking good, right? That, 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 Bill got the nice watch on. Bill out here shining on us, right? what do I look like being jealous of Bill you see God created Aaron as Aaron not Aaron as Bill but some of us we are being hung by Satan with the noose of jealousy be content with whatever God gives you just just be content be happy that God saw fit to even give it to you but but, 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 maybe some of us are are being hung by the noose of pride. Maybe that is, you know how the Bible says pride comes before the fall, right? That may be some of our nooses is pride, or maybe some of us are still under the noose of drugs. Maybe some of us, we still gotta, you know, we gotta get a little sip of that little alcohol from time to time. We need a little bit of what y'all drink these days? Man, I don't know what y'all drink. I ain't drunk it so long. I know what I used to drink. O.E., Old English, right? That's that malt liquor, right? Some of us are still out here drinking and drugging and being hung by our nooses, but we come to church looking all fancy and dandy. But how about, but how about oh, this one messes up the church so much, and somebody said it earlier. How about the noose of gossiping? Back, black bodies hanging from the gallant south, pastoral scenes, right? You are being hung by Satan as you continue to gossip. Oh, did you see what Pastor Chancey did? Oh, did you see what? Why don't you just pray for Pastor Chancey? Why don't we just pray for? Now, Pastor Chancey ain't did nothing. I'm just saying something right now. Pastor <laughs> Chancey ain't did nothing. But but, but we need to get into a better culture of praying for one another as opposed to, you know what happens if I tell Brother Bill a story, right? And then then Bill doesn't pray for Pastor Chansey, right? But Bill decides to go and tell Shauna, who tried to lie to me a second ago, that she was looking at the text when she was looking this way and the text was that way. When when Bill tells Shauna a story, right, then the story changes form just a little bit. But 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 then if 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 Shauna decides to tell the story, oh man, y'all know Sister Josephine, she gonna talk all day. Y'all know I didn't listen to you. Ain't about to hit me with your cane. Y'all know Sister Josephine gonna go. If y'all ain't talked to Sister Josephine yet, you know she gonna talk long. Bless your heart, Sister Josephine. I love it, right? But, 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 but it's shown to tell Sister Josephina, it's just changed form just a little bit more. And as we continue to spread and spread, the story takes a different form and a different form. And next thing you know, you got a whirlwind of mess up in the Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist church because Satan is hanging us by the noose around our neck. How about the noose of lust or the noose of selfishness, the noose of hate, the noose of grumbling against God? Is God good or is he not? Which one is it going to be? Either he's good or he is not. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Either he is or he ain't. Y'all might say it is not, whatever the proper term is, but whatever. I'm out of theological words for now. So you get simple wrong sentence words. That's what you get. Or how about the noose of a bad attitude? I can't understand for the life of me. How you can be a happy Christian and just have a rotten attitude. How that work? Now, I ain't saying you got to smile all day long because that's everybody has their own different personality and all that kind of stuff. Get it totally 100 percent for it. But how is Jesus living and thriving in your heart and you just is mean and nasty with a rotten attitude? How does that work? That's counterintuitive, right? Oh, there's another one of those big words for you guys. All right. What noose has Satan been try, tying, tying around your neck and hanging you from a proverbial lynching tree? Which one are you swinging from? So basically, my friends, what's the big idea? What is the big idea with all of this? It's, it's, it's one simple word. That big idea is called freedom. Freedom. Let, let me hear you say it real quick. Freedom. 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 When you've been chained for so long, freedom is sweet. When you realize your circumstance, see, some of us don't realize our circumstance of being chained within our own personal spiritual slavery. But when you realize it and then you've you've been released from that, that freedom is going to make you just do a little bit of jog. Right. That freedom is going to make you shout just a little bit. That freedom is going to make you do something. But there's going to be somebody in the church that says, can you quiet that down? That's not reverent. That's not what you're supposed to do. Even though Psalms is full of noise, right, right, right. Because what we tried to do is we tried to perpetuate a Eurocentric style of worship on every church in North America. Come on now, it's Black History man. I got talk. I don't like it. Come back March the second. Big ideas, freedom, folks. Let me give you three points on this, and then we're going to wrap this here thing up, right? Three points real quick. The first one is Jesus frees us from a life of slavery and shame. Jesus frees us from a life of slavery and shame. Slavery, my friends, comes in many forms. It could be physical slavery. It could be mental slavery. It could be social slavery. It could be spiritual slavery. But it affects the entire human being, the entire person. But Jesus hanging on a tree gave us hope that we need not be chained to circumstances and situations forever. Let me pause right there. If you've ever read Desire of Ages, right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of y'all have read Desire of Ages? But I hope you have in Desire of Ages prior to Christ coming to this earth. Right. I think it's around chapter four or chapter five, something like that. But 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 the description is giving of how the world looked. And and, and Ellen White writes, she says that the very organs, the very nerves were being worked by demonic forces. It says, it says, it says that, that, that the stamp of evil was upon the faces of the people as they were heading in their train cars to eternal destruction. That was the scene that Jesus had to step into to save a dying world. And so every time we go backwards to those sins that we've overcome, we put ourselves back into slavery. When Jesus says, I've come to free you. The Bible says that whom the son sets free is free indeed. You just got to believe it and get to walking in it. I would try one of them walks that y'all did in that little play with your little fake guns and all that stuff. But I can't do that thing right there. That was dope though, right? But who the sun sets free is free indeed. No matter how much Satan tries to stand beside you and says, look here, you can't get an undo. You can't undo the noose around your neck. No matter about all of that, if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. Just walk in it, folks. Walk in it and say, I got victory. You know, one of the issues with us, the Seventh day Adventists often, if I'm not going to, don't raise your hand on this. But if I was to ask the question, how many of you have the assurance that, 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 that you're already saved? We don't even know if to- we should raise our hand or not. We don't know if we should raise our hand or not, right? Newsflash, Jesus already died for you. All you have to do is accept it. you're good. Now, you still have to live out your life. To bring honor and glory to God. However, you are already free. So don't let the devil drag you back into slavery. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. But then the second point is Jesus frees us from the injustices of society. And oh, there's plenty of them. Society, my friends, is not fair. If you haven't realized it just yet, society is not fair. Keep living and you'll realize it. Most of y'all been living longer than me, so y'all should already realize it. Society ain't fair. You know, we like to say that uh, uh, we we have a broken system. The judicial system is a broken, no, it ain't broken. Just eliminate that from your vocabulary. The system is doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's not broken. It's not, it's doing, listen, watch that DVD, watch that that, uh, documentary called 13th. It's based on the 13th Amendment. Watch how the 13th Amendment was made, right? But then they put a clause up in there. Right? They put that clause right up in there. Now I could tell you what the clause is, but you go and watch it yourself. Right? The system is not broken. Right? You, 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 you realize when it comes to voting, right, they have the electoral college vote, and then you had a people's vote. I hope y'all have ever tried to figure out why the Electoral College was put in place, right? Now, I'll leave you to that. You figure it out on your own just like I had to figure it out. But the system is not broken, my friends. The system is doing exactly what it was designed to do, to keep you and I under the boot of society. Society is not fair minorities get passed over for things consistently but my friends there's a god in heaven who numbers the hairs of your head who says don't you worry for nothing vengeance is mine that will make all things right and will set it all up in a brand new system one that is just one that is right and one that is fair and one that is sinless Yet, at the same time, while we look forward to God's system, in the practical sense of the gospel, we need to be involved in practical solutions to relieving others of the injustices of society today. What did I just say? That means we need to get involved in things that are happening in community that means we need to get involved in things that are happening in our society see we can come here to 402 south uh, uh, adam street that's ypsilanti seventh-day adventist church sabbath after sabbath but we have a responsibility to be voices to the voiceless right we can preach and we can sing and we can do all these amazing things in here but we have a responsibility to a dying world out there to feed the hungry to clothe the naked to visit those in prison we have a responsibility after all what does Matthew 25 show a bunch of practical ministry you realize you can be a Seventh-day Adventist both practical and prophetic right see, see, see don't be so heavenly minded you're no earthly good don't be what can we do with you you've already ascended on high we don't need you You're up there with Enoch already in them. But for us that are still down here, we have a responsibility, my friends. Yes, eventually Jesus is going to set up a fair and just system. But we have to speak to the injustices of society today. That's one of the things I loved about Martin Luther King. He was a preacher. Now I get it. I understand his personal life wasn't the best. I, I get the whole picture of it, but that still doesn't diminish the power that God gave that man. You know, we're, we're good with the part of I have a dream, right? But there was a whole bunch before he even got to I have a dream, right? There was a, there was a whole bunch. Y'all should watch some of the sermons where I've seen the mountaintop. I might not get there with you, man. He preaches some powerful stuff, but 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 they were they were speaking to the injustices of society. We as Seventh Day Adventists can be both prophetic and practical at the same exact time until Jesus sets up His just and righteous system. My third and final point, my friends, is that Jesus frees us from the lynching trees of suffering. And self imposed sin. You see, by Jesus being lynched, by Jesus being lynched and, and, and taken before a mob and tried unjustly and whipped and bloodied, then paraded through the streets with the crossbeam on his shoulders, buckling under his human weakness and nailed to a tree, all of this was necessary so that he could free us from eternal suffering in this sinful life. Coming a time, my friends, where there's no more lynching and there's no more sin and there's no more death and there's no more shackles and there's no more chains. There's only eternal life with Jesus Christ himself. Jesus, my friends, he frees us from a life of slavery by his hanging on that tree. Jesus, my friends, he frees us from the injustices of society by hanging on that tree. And Jesus, my friends, he frees us from an eternity of suffering by being lynched and hung on a tree for all of humanity. So while this nation has tried to justify hanging black people from trees. Jesus, my friends, has hung on a tree as well for you and for me. The song we sung earlier this morning, it, I love this song, I listened to it about 10 times while I was riding up here this morning. And, and lift every voice and sing, till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty, let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, it was hard, folks. Felt in the days when hope unborn had died, yet with a steady beat, have not our weary and tired feet come to the place for which our fathers side and it's my favorite my favorite verse of the song god of our weary years whoo them long and tiring years when 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 master was whooping us on the back when 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 blood was coming out of our backs and we had to slave in the fields and we had to pick that cotton and we had to work all day and we had to slave all day and we were abused all day god of our weary years god of our silent tears Those tears that come from the gut when you're in so much pain, they drain you of all of your energy and you can't even bust out loud with a cry because you might get whipped further. God of our silent tears as I'm in anguish and pain, though thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us in to the light, keep us forever in the path we pray. Folks, in this 2024, we don't need to keep hanging hanging from a tree. Many of us have been dangling from trees for a long time. The, the, The devil has played us time and time again. But Jesus, my friends, he has already loosened the noose. He has already kicked down the lynching trees. It is only you that keeps putting yourself back in the noose. Don't let Satan keep doing that to you. Don't let Satan keep doing that to you. It is time, my friends, for victory. That is your marching orders. Victory, victory, victory in the name of Jesus. Society's not fair. Life is hard. So much has happened. So much is going to happen. But folks... Jesus has already got the victory. He's already won the battle. We already know the end of the story. Take that noose from around your neck. Give that rope back to Satan. Say, not today, not me. You don't get to hang me with this no more. You don't get to hang me with the noose of pornography. You don't get to hang me with the noose of gossip. You don't get to hang me with the noose of thievery. You don't get to hang me with any more nooses because I'm going to walk in the victory that God has given me. Walk in it. Believe it. Accept it. Receive it. And go. And when you fall, get back up. A righteous person falls seven times. Get back up. And keep going. I don't know if it is, is that you, if, if that's you and you just want the victory, just stand with me right now. And if you can't stand, just raise your hand. You, you want the victory. You tired of oh, that nasty devil hanging you. You tired of your eyes bulging. You're tired of it. You want that victory in Jesus. And I, 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 I just got to go a little bit further. Maybe, maybe there's somebody that wants to recommit their life through baptism. I don't know. Maybe there's just one that wants to give their life to Jesus through rebaptism or baptism for the first time. If that's you, just come on down here with me right now. Come on down here with the bald head preacher. Come on, come on, come on. There you go, there you go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come sit up here. Come sit up in the front. Come sit up in the front. Somebody, 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 get a, get a, get a, get a name. Get a prayer. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Keep praying, folks. Keep praying, folks. Keep praying, folks. Somebody sit with them. Somebody sit with them. God wants to give us victory in our lives. You don't have to keep swinging and dangling from trees. No, I'm not perfect. No, you're not perfect. But we serve a perfect God. That perfect God. He says, just come. Is there one more? I'm not into holding long appeals or anything like that. Is there there one more that wants to give their life to the Lord and go down into that water? Is there there one more? One more. One more. While they're they're getting the names, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Mr. Forbes, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Mr. Forbes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is there another? Is there another? Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we don't have to keep dangling from the nooses of our necks from these trees that the the devil has put there for us. Lord, I pray we even walk in the victory of Jesus right now. And even anybody who's watching online, that they might take stand and say i want to go all the way with jesus i'm tired of swinging and dangling from these old sinful trees christ has paid the ultimate penalty on the tree to give us eternal life we thank you for that heavenly father in jesus name i pray amen and amen you may be seated